Hey, what's going on, friends? This is James Harris Jr. Thanks for checking out 10 Years War. I hope that you have been enjoying the seventh season. On February 27th, next Tuesday, we get to do our 11th live event called Resolute for Black History Month, and I'm really excited. This will be our second Resolute Black History event, and I'm just excited about the power, the storytelling, the motivation, seeing my previous students and current students just come alive on that stage. I hope that you can join us. It will be February 27th at 6.30 on the campus of Palo Alto College in the Performing Arts Auditorium. It is a free event. Bring yourself, bring your friends, bring your family. I hope to see you soon. Now, let's get into the episode. We first spoke in January about a rock and a hard place. But who is your rock? Who's got your back? How do you define your hard place? And when we're in between a rock and a hard place, we get to make some hard choices. Yeah, maybe the hard choices you have, they are hard, but the choice to choose is easy. And don't let your hard choices harden your heart. That you still keep having joy and love and peace and happiness even between your rock and your hard place when you get to make those hard choices. Well, if you're making hard choices, here we go, this means you must be in some hard times. Today, as we celebrate Black History Month, I know this culture has gone through some hard times. Regardless of your ethnicity or cultural background, we've gone through some hard times. When I was growing up, I struggled with math. I had some hard times with times tables. Woo, it was hard. I remember struggling at the kitchen table, crying, my tears burning my face, dropping all onto the page, smudging the answers. I didn't even know what the question was. The ink's everywhere, tears everywhere, pencil just scratches everywhere. Mom saying, do it again. My mom was right there with me. Do it again. No, change it. Do it again. My mom was ruthless, y'all. If the teacher said, hey, we're going to do 1 through 20, I just want you to do the odds. My mom said, you're also doing the evens. But mom, no, you're also doing the evens because you're going to push yourself. What is it that the teacher doesn't want you to know? <laughs> but maybe my mom was dedicated because I remember she actually just showed me a picture yesterday of me crying at the kitchen table. I guess my dad took this picture. Crying at the kitchen table because I wanted to go out for Halloween and she would not let me go until I finished my math homework And I was crying at the kitchen table and my mom was right beside me Right there Right beside me then I get to look now as I turned 40 years old in May But I look back when I was that must have been first grade or second grade I look back and think was it actually a hard time or was it a refining time? My mom was showing me that hard times can be character building times. And who's that person that will stay with you by your side at the kitchen table of your life when you are going through a hard time? Ooh. In high school, I remember taking college courses, well one college course particularly, and it was during the summer. My dad worked at the same college. I've told you all variations of the story before. After it was over, I got an A. But the teacher, somebody, instructor, somebody said, you're not gonna get the credit because some paperwork wasn't filled out or because you're in high school and something to that effect. But I knew that I did everything. And then I thought, well, maybe I didn't. And I started second guessing myself. And I thought about all that I learned in that class, in this business entrepreneurship class. 
and that, wow, I was not going to get any credit for it. And I just, I just got down on myself. I thought I did all this work. I, I really thought, I remember dressing up, remember leading. I was in high school leading some of these college kids. And I thought I did all that for nothing. My dad says, he's taking me home the very last day. My dad's taking me home the very last day and says, well, how did it go? How did it go? I said, I got an A, but I didn't get any credit for it. He says, what? I said, well, someone, somebody said that I didn't fill out the right paperwork or I didn't turn something in or he said, what? I said, yeah, I did. I guess I just messed up, but I learned something. I think I learned, I don't, I think I learned a life lesson. I, I don't know. I don't know. I just want to go home. I'm just sad. He pulls that car all the way around, drives up to the library. He walks in. I can't hear what's being said, but my dad is setting that place on fire. My dad came back 15 minutes later with paper in his hand and said, here's your trash script, son. You did get an A, right? I said, yes, I did get an A. Okay, well then it's all there. <laughs> oh. My dad showed me that hard times can also be standing up for yourself and fighting for what you believe in times. Who do you run to? Where do you go during your hard times? Where do you go? When I was kicked out of Los Angeles and working at a college in East Texas, it was about 4.30 p.m. I'm staying in this one-bedroom apartment with my dad and my sister. I'm sleeping on the floor. My sister's sleeping in the kitchen floor. And we I had my master's. She had her doctorate degree. And I'd just gotten kicked out of Los Angeles. had no money, no opportunity. And I'm working, but things aren't working out. They didn't work out the way I wanted to, even though I was still working. And these were hard times because I was trying to rebuild my life. I thought I lost everything. I had these plans of becoming this famous singer, songwriter, comedian, actor. I just, none of that came to fruition. And I thought, well, then dreams don't come true. I was living a lie. It didn't work out for me. Now I'm back in Texas, in East Texas, in the small college, and I'm just, I'm just going to ride out the next 40 years of my life. I, I honestly thought that. I said, I'll just ride out these last 40 years. Whatever. Whatever. One day, come home, as I usually do, my routine was to just get sad and depressed, turn on the TV, deal or no deal, and I would just cover up in this healing blanket, <laughs> and I would just sit there. My sister comes home. She says, what are you doing, James? I said, I don't know. I'm just here. She's like, but what are you doing? I don't understand the question. She says, James, what are you doing with your life? I said, I don't know what you want me to do. I was at work, and now I'm not at work. There's nothing else. There's nothing else. I just go to work and I come back to this apartment and I sleep on the floor. That is my life. She said, James, you're not dead. Go live. You're not dead, James. Now go live. This isn't the life you've been sentenced to. LA didn't work out. You had a hard time and now you're here having some more hard times, but life isn't over for you. You are not dead. Go live. That same week, I got a job working at Liz Crafters. I got another job working at this club as a bouncer. Some of you guys heard that story. And I worked three jobs for about six months. I put in some crazy hours. But I was able to stack money up. I was able to get out of a situation. I just, I was able to just find new life again. Found a passion for speaking. Then I started working on teaching the speech class, which is a, which is a variation. I had no idea what the speech class would turn into now, the, the class that it is now. But I had, I had just a vision of it. 
you're not dead, go live. My sister told me, my sister showed me that hard times can be rebuilding times. Where do you go during your hard times? I knew I could go to my family during my hard times, but some people don't have this option. And that is tough and I get it. But where do you go during your hard times? Okay, watch this. George Crumb in 1853 invented the potato chip. Frederick McKinley Jones in 1930 invented the automatic refrigerating cooling units for trucks and trains and ships. Granville T. Wood invented the induction telegraph. This allowed trains to communicate to each other. George Washington Carver, well, he gave us peanut butter and all types of soap dyes and soaps and dyes and synthetic rubber. Madam C.J. Walker, self-made millionaire, what did she do? She created her own line of hair care products in 1905. Marie Van Britten Brown, in 1966, she developed the first ever home security system. Shirley Jackson, her research led to the touchtone phone, the portable fax, the caller ID. Why does all that matter? That matters because all of those people are African American and all of those people went through hard times. Because no matter what era it is, it was a hard time. I think about when I was growing up and they would say, well, what do you want to go? What time period would you going to go? And I thought, well, I'm still going to be black. <laughs> I don't know what time I'm supposed to go to. Now, obviously, as a kid, when I would say that, I didn't know enough of the history. But as I've gone through and learned history and taken classes and seen reports and done this and done that, I'm realizing every time period was hard, but people did something in their hard times. Some people go to excellence and some people went to excuses. Some people went to obstacles, some people went to opportunity. Some people went to frustration, some people went to their faith. Where do you go during your hard times if all these people and the countless of thousands and millions of people I did not list were able to go through hard times and make something happen, what about you? Regardless of your identity, regardless of your background, regardless of your socioeconomic, cultural, whatever, you, where do you go when you face hard times and what can you accomplish? Hmm. Uh, uh, uh. Today, we're talking about hard times and I'm gonna give you the three R's of hard times. In hard times, point number one, in hard times, some of us run. It's hard to find the truth when you're running the wrong way. Ooh. Running from your problems and running toward the solution are not the same thing. Who do you run to? Where do you run during your hard times? Me, I used to run to fast food. Anytime I had a bad day, I'd run to fast food and addictive behavior. I ran to blame. I ran to self-beat up. Well, maybe it's my fault. I did. It was never going to work out. But remember, we talked about patterns, running in circles. I ran to judgment, I ran to bitterness, I ran to unforgiveness. What do you run to during your hard times? The hard time happens, boom. Where do you run? Where do you run? Are you running in your hard time? Are you running from your faith? Are you running from people? <laughs> I had a student that told me the other day, I said, man, I haven't seen you in a long time. He said, yeah, I didn't wanna, I didn't wanna drag you down. I said, what? He said, I'm just, I feel that I'm just running from my problems. I said, are you running towards a solution? He said, I never thought of it that. I've just been avoiding, avoiding. He's, and I said, is that your pattern? He said, yeah. My pattern is whenever I have a problem, have big situations, I have stress, I have anxiety, I just run away. I said, yeah. Where else does that show up in your life when the hard time happens and you just run? 
I said, but why have you been avoiding us? He said, because I know that y'all care about me, but I don't want to bring you down. I said, oh no, man, we're strong enough. I said, do you run away from your problems? You run away from people because you think people don't care? I run away from my problems. I run away from people because I don't want to drag them down with me. And I said, now your anxiety, your stress, your insecurity has got you isolated. He said, yeah. I said, and that's where it gets to win. It can't beat you in community. It can't beat you with connection. Come on. If you think about it, if you think about your anxiety, if you think about problems, you think about stress as a real thing, a lot of times it wants to get you isolated because that way it gets to win. It's a one-on-one -on -one versus when your community, it's all of us together. I said, you got teachers that care about you. I said, you got me, you got Fuentes, you got all these other people. Yeah, you're right. Okay, well, we get to look at that. You get to look at that. Where do you run? Remember, what is it? Fear, face everything and run. Fear, <laughs> face everything and rise. Where do you run? Where do you run? Do you guys remember the Eric Thomas story? I don't think I've told it, but I'll tell it. He took it down on, on YouTube, but it was really pretty. It took it off YouTube, but it was a really cool story. I'm gonna tell a variation of this Eric Thomas story. Eric Thomas says that every morning in the jungle, the gazelle wakes up and starts running. And every morning in the jungle, the lion wakes up and starts running. They're both running. The gazelle is fast. The lion, strong and fast and powerful. The gazelle is running away because obviously the lion is chasing it. The gazelle is running away. The gazelle is running from a problem. But the lion wakes up, is running towards. The lion is running towards something. And who are you? Are you the gazelle when you wake up and you just start running from problems, running from responsibility, running from connection? What are you running from? But the lion wakes up and its power and its strength and runs toward. What are you running toward? Are you running toward a dream? Are you running toward joy? Are you running towards encouragement? Are you running towards motivation? Are you running towards that degree? Are you running towards that dream of your life? Are you running towards, are you running from? When you're in hard times, do you, where do you run? When you're in hard times, where do you run? Point number two. Some of us run and some of us resist. Are you resisting in your hard times? I love this, write this down. What you resist will persist. In your hard times, are you resisting your purpose? Are you resisting new ideas? Are you resisting stretchy opportunities? I told a student, we were gonna do this vision for the world. You get to proclaim your vision for the world. Some of you guys, we just did it this week. The student said, this is uncomfortable for me. I said, yeah. Where else does that show up in your life where if something doesn't make you comfortable, you don't want to do it? Where else does that show up and you're resisting? You're resisting. I said, because you were uncomfortable before we even did this. You can't find comfort. You've been looking for comfort this whole time, running away from the thing that actually can give you confidence. Some people search for confidence at the stake of a losing, at the stake of not gaining confidence. <laughs> I said, wow, I get that. I resist anything that doesn't make me feel comfortable. I resist anything that doesn't make me look good. I resist anything that causes me to stress. Why are you still resisting? 
I let me go back to that because I, I just this is I'm getting new information now when I'm thinking about this. Before we declare our vision, my friend was already uncomfortable. We hadn't even gotten into class, was already uncomfortable. Now I'm having you stretch, still uncomfortable. And I said, this whole time, this is about finding confidence, but you've been looking for comfort at the stake of still not finding confidence. And you still didn't find comfort. Does that make sense? It's an interesting thing to me. When you're trying to live out your dreams, you might not be comfortable all the time. But you can stretch and the stretch makes you stronger. I don't blame him though. I attended a leadership program last summer and I was super resistant. I was super resistant. Did not want to be there. Show up on a Thursday and I, I had this, I don't need to be here, I'm better than this. This is for everybody that has problems. I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine, I don't need it. And I wanted to quit. And then about Saturday, I thought, let me just go all in. Let me just try it. Now, it's funny, when I looked, when I changed my focus, when I changed my perspective, I was looking for, first, resistance. I don't want this. This is new. I don't even know what I'm saying no to. I don't even know what I'm saying no to, but I just, I'm saying no. I'm in resistance. And then when I shifted my focus, when I shifted my mindset, I shifted my ways of being, I said, let me just be open. Let me just see. Everything shifted. Now, this isn't in my notes, but I wonder if resistance is passed down. Because my sister also went through the same leadership program. My mom went through the same leadership program. And my dad went through this leadership program. And I can't speak for my sister, but I know for my mom and myself and my dad, resistance. Resistance. <laughs> my mom said it wasn't until the final thing, this is months into the program, the final thing that she decided, Okay, maybe that, maybe I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> and I said, Mom, where does this resistance show up in your life? My dad, I watched him resistant. I myself was resistant. Now, okay, watch this. When you resist, ask yourself, what did I miss? Write this down. When I resist a new opportunity, when I resist a new connection, when I resist making some new memory, when I resist... What do I miss? Because resistance ultimately is a, is a form of judgment and you're judging a scenario, you're judging a task, you're judging a connection, you're ju judging opportunity and saying, I already know how it goes. I already know that I don't need this because I want to avoid pain. I want to avoid something that doesn't make me look good. I want to avoid something that makes me uncomfortable. I want to make sure that I'm right and I knew how it was going to turn out from the, case, from the first go. Okay, what do you miss? What are you missing out on? I told you all that I've worked with groups of teachers before at various places, and there's one assignment that, one activity, one icebreaker that I do that usually gets people fired up. And some people get really inspired, and some people get really indignant. You guys know this is a card, a what? A card, a what? A card, oh, a card. This is a tree, a what? A tree, a what? A tree. Oh, now when I do that, some people say, wow, okay, let me figure out how to do this. And I cannot count, well, actually I can count. I can count the number of teachers that get really dissuaded and really, well, I don't understand what we're doing this and I don't, and resistance, there's that resistance. <laughs> when you resist, what are you missing? 
And where else does that show up in your life where when you don't have all the information, when you don't know how it works out, when it wasn't your idea, when it wasn't done the way you wanted to do, come on, when it wasn't done this way, when it, where does that show up in your life? Get a little curious. When we resist, what do we miss? Get a little curious. Get a little curious. Okay, I'll go back to my own resistance. Now this was back during the training last summer for the leadership training. My friend Lillian is there and she says, let's just get this taxi bike in Austin and it's gonna take us back to the hotel. I was resisting the whole thing. I thought, well wait, how much does it cost? I hadn't expected to pay that. She says, don't worry about it, I, got, I bought it. I bought enough for two. She says, I bought two taxis, James. There's bike taxis in Austin over there, guys on the bike and you're in a little back cart. I don't know what they're called. I was just resisting. I said, well, how much cost? She says, James, I already bought two. Everybody says, come on, come on, James. I just wanted to walk back. My shoes are uncomfortable. I had fun, I had fun that night. We did a stretch, I had fun. I had fun that night, but uh, I just wanted to just walk back in my uncomfortable shoes to the hotel by myself. Where else does that show up in my life where I want to be uncomfortable and I want to be alone, even though I would prefer to be comfortable and I'd rather be in community. I'd rather have connection. But I was in pain and I wanted to keep being in pain. Why? Because sometimes pain is familiar and we choose pain because it's familiar. Mm, hello. Hello. She says, no, come on. I resist, but I go. I sit in the seat. Everyone's laughing. There's two little taxi cars of us, bike taxi carts, and everyone's laughing, cheering. The music is good. There's a seat that you sit in, and then the bike person on the bike is in the front, and there's music blasting in the back, and there's whipping through traffic. Everybody's, whoa, whoa. Everybody's having fun. Everybody's laughing, except... The one person still in resistance. James, the taxi was paid for. Now you don't have to walk back. Now you get to sit and the music's good and you're laughing and you're having fun and you're still in resistance. And lo and behold, I caught wind of the mirror. There was some mirror that was attached to this contraption. And I looked at myself in the mirror and said, look at yourself, James. Look at you. Look at how, look at your face. Look at you with the resistant stank face still. Everyone's having fun. You're in an opportunity, you're in a place, you're in a location, you're in a moment in time that has never existed before and you refuse to have fun. You're just resisting. Why? Why? All the things that I wanted were in that moment. I love music. I love fun. It was a new experience. I was with people that I love. I'm in Austin, a city that I really enjoy. You're in this moment and you're still choosing resistance. <laughs> right there in your face. Connection, fun, freedom. All the things that I want, I was actually resisting. Well, what about you? What are you resisting? And maybe it's right there in your face. Community, connection, joy, love, purpose, happiness. It's right there in your class, in your job, in your home, but you're there mad with the resistance stank face. What you're seeking is actually right there, but you're still in resistance. <laughs> some people run, some people resist, and others rejoice. Do you rejoice in your hard times? Where do you go? Do you go to running? Do you go to resistance? Or do you go to rejoice?
You go to rejoicing during your hard times. Now this is uncommon. This is uncommon, but I wonder if you can consider it pure joy when you face trials. Come on, because I love what the, what the man says, testing produces, testing produces perseverance. Mm. And you gotta let that perseverance finish. It's hard to be thankful for the storm when you were in a storm, but when you were in the storm, don't conform, you gotta reform. Ooh, I think I said something there. Do you go to rejoicing? When it rains in your life, you know that you need rain, because why? You're gonna need some rain, and no one wants it, but you need it. If it's raining on you, it's also probably raining on your crops. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. All right, here we go, big finish, big finish. Some people run during their hard times. They run, that is a pattern. I just flee, I run. This is why we have all these broken families. That's not even my topic today. But if you look at the patterns, some people run, other people resist. It's too stretchy, it's too new. And the very thing that they are searching for, the very thing that they are seeking is right there in your face. And some people rejoice. And this is uncommon. It is difficult because if you're hard, having hard times, most people don't think of a hard time and say, yeah, this is gonna be a great speech. Yeah, this is gonna be my comeback. This setback is gonna be my comeback. But what if you looked at it that way? In 2020, I produced more motivational content than I had ever done before in that same year. And at the beginning of the year, some of you guys know, in the beginning of 2020, I said, God, I just want to make an impact. And then life fell apart. And I regrouped and I retooled and I said, okay, this is all or nothing. I don't know how this year is going to end. I don't know where my life's going to go. This is this whole year, this whole culture, the whole chaos, the whole nation, the whole world is in shambles. I'm just going to motivate and I'm going to encourage every single day. And I put out more content, got more followers. I just, I just put out more. I encouraged more people. And what did I do? I made an impact. And I didn't even realize that until November. And I was frustrated from February till November. But what if I had been rejoicing? Yeah, this is gonna, this is, this is all gonna work out. This is all gonna work out. What if I changed my perspective? Yeah, this is gonna happen. This is literally the impact I asked for. What if I started rejoicing? As I look back over Black History Month, there's been lots of hard times. But look at what people have been able to accomplish. And what about you? What did you do with the hard times that you were given? Did you run to excuses or did you make excellence? Did you only see the obstacles or did you create opportunities? What are you doing with your hard times? Where do you go? Where do you run? Why are you still resisting? And when will you begin to rejoice.